Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Amen. This morning, title of my message is For the Glory of God. We're going to be reading this morning from John chapter 9. Verses 1 through 11. John chapter 9. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Beginning at verse number 1. And the word of the Lord says. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. But Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated, sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Make no mistake, I'm the one they're talking about. I'm the one. Verse 10, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received my sight. Glory to God. You may take your seats this morning in the presence of of Almighty God. As I've stated already today, I'm calling this service Miracle Sunday Morning Service. Our brother Matthew, Miracle Matt, now affectionately known, he was dead. Let me tell you, he was dead. He was dead and now he is alive. Miracle Matt has a new life now. Glory to God. And it's a curse that has been broken. And now it is cause to celebrate. Many others have new life in this place. What happened to our brother Matt was special and it was unique. And it baffled all the doctors. And to this day, they're saying, man, we don't know. I understand they want him to go back so they could do tests and study him. And they say, we'll even pay for it. You don't even have to pay. We just want to examine you. I don't know what happened. We can't explain it. But we know that this, right, did not the surgeon say that. I can tell you this. I can't explain it. But this is a bona fide miracle. And Matthew said, oh man, it's the prayer. It's the prayer. It's God and prayer. He says, yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) But we know that what happened to you, we can't explain. There were others on that same floor that had the same exact aneurysm and went through the same surgery and they didn't make it. Three generations, sudden death, 
And it all stops with him. A legacy, a destiny has been changed forever. I believe Matthew was let out on the 13th, right? And AJ said something beautiful, that his rebellion is over. Hallelujah. He, let, he, he was let out of rebellion, praise God. But let's talk a little bit about miracles. What exactly is a miracle? And why is it so important for us to see and experience miracles? We should know that a miracle is a supernatural phenomenon that cannot be explained by human wisdom, by science, even by logic, understanding, or even laws of nature. Miracles always point back to God. Miracles always point back to Jesus Christ. His unlimited and His uncontainable power is always present whenever there is a miracle. And whenever you experience a miracle, it makes you more aware of the source of the producer of the miracle. And Jesus begins to take root and proof in your life that God is real. And He does what He says He's going to do. Jesus spoke Hallelujah. And he said, most assuredly I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Many people experience the power of miracles. At the feeding of the 5,000, the people ate the fish and they ate the loaves of bread and they were satisfied. Many said, if it's free, it's for me. Hallelujah. But a miracle itself is not going to produce salvation. It's not going to grant you peace. It's not even going to give you wisdom. A miracle is not going to grant you forgiveness. A miracle is not going to place the fear of God in your soul. Those attributes can only be produced by the author of the miracle, which is Jesus Christ. One thing is for certain. People see Miracle after miracle. People follow the signs and wonders that he produces. I had my aunt drive all the way from Pennsylvania after she had recently been diagnosed with cancer in her breast. She drove four and a half hours here on Miracle uh, a Weekend, the, the three days to victory, just to get prayer and have the anointing oil poured over her. And then she and her husband drove all the way back to Pennsylvania. All things are possible to them that believe. The Lord said this is a cancer-free zone. People will walk in ill and they walk out set free. Hallelujah. How many believe that? Praise God. We do not have to succumb to the spirit of cancer. What we need to do is cast it out. Jesus said, go ye therefore, preach the good news to all creation. He said, Cast out devils, raise the dead, and heal the sick. That is the function of every disciple and of every minister of God. People follow miracles. People follow signs and wonders. Wherever there's deliverance, wherever there are uh, deaf people hearing and mute people speaking, blind people seeing, wherever people are coming out of wheelchairs, listen, that's free advertising. You don't even have to pay for it. That word will travel faster than, than Ricochet Rabbit. Some of y'all know who Ricochet Rabbit was. Do you remember ping, boom, ping, 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 ping? That was one of my favorite little super superheroes, Ricochet Rabbit. Now, some of you youngins are going to go Google it. Say, let me go see one of these cartoons because you don't know what I'm talking about. Real cartoons are the Warner Brothers cartoons. Amen? What you kids are getting, what the young people are getting is, I could never get into that stuff. Miracles are temporal. People will benefit from them. But they won't necessarily follow Jesus Christ because of a miracle. Let me make some things very certain. How many people do you think were healed and delivered before Palm Sunday by Christ the King who rode into the city of Jerusalem on a colt and a donkey? And five days later, the very ones who were healed and delivered by this man were shouting out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! People see the miracles of God. They experience the miracles of God. But they quickly forget what God has done. 
They start backpedaling, like our brother said, backpedaling, backsliding. They start forgetting all the benefits of God, all the beauty that he has done. How many people came to this very house on three days to victory, shouting, dancing, being healed, being set free? And a few days later, a few weeks later, are falling back into familiar problems and patterns. Haven't you been set free? Saints of God, turn your neighbor and tell him this. We must maintain what we have obtained. Glory to God. I tell you the truth, it's easier to obtain than it is to maintain. Obtaining is a gift of God. Salvation is a gift. Lest anyone should boast, it's a free gift of God. But maintaining your salvation is another story. The Lord says, guard your salvation with fear and with trembling. Because the days that we're in are evil. There is peril. There is evil everywhere we go. We have to be people of God that have zero compromise. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, I know this time he's talking about me. I get that one. Hallelujah. That one is me. Praise God. Listen, authentic godly miracles, they always point to Jesus. But they never point to man. I want to make that very clear. Miracles point to God and not man. And, and the worker of miracles also points to God. It's God who does the miracle. It's not the man. Because there are prophets out there that do great works of God. But people won't go to the very pastor of the church or won't go to church because they want to fly out to California. They want to fly out to Florida. They want to fly out to the guy, the worker of miracles. Am I hitting something right now? Praise God. Praise God. Jesus out of his own mouth said, Beware, for false Christ and false prophets will rise and will show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Listen, there are false miracles even written in Scripture. One, for example, I spoke about earlier this morning. In Exodus chapter 7, God tells Moses to place his rod at Pharaoh's feet and it's going to turn into a snake. And lo and behold, it turned into a snake. And then verse 11 and 12 says that Pharaoh's own sorcerers and magicians, they said, man, we could do that. They did the same thing and their staffs turned into serpents as well. It was a false miracle that pointed to man and the sorcery and trickery of man. But guess what? God's serpent swallowed up the sorcery. God's serpent swallowed up man's trickery. God's serpent swallowed up the phoniness, the phony baloney. Then we have in the New Testament another example, Simon the sorcerer. Simon tricked people for years and claimed himself to be a great man according to Acts chapter 8. The Bible says he astonished the people with his great sorceries for a long period of time. That means he tricked everyone. He was drawing people to himself to increase his fake power and his phony reputation. Did you know that all magic and illusion is based on deception? John 8, 44 says, You are of your father, the devil. For he was a lie and lies were birthed in him. Listen to this. You know, I've seen, and, and I, I just pray for wisdom and revelation. I pray that God would just reveal, because I've seen Christians doing Christian magic shows at kids' parties. I've seen it. Have I not? Amen. We've been to them. We've been to outreaches, and the guy pulls, a, a, instead of a rabbit, he pulls a handkerchief out of Jesus Christ, out of a hat. They have a Ouija board now that's made for Christians. And there's so many, you know, just, God help me, oh God. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. The simple ones. 
the simpletons that are not in their word, the simple ones that don't know any better, the ones that are not studied, they say, wow, I could have direct communication with the Holy Spirit. Y E S. Yes. Oh, the Holy Spirit answered my prayer. Repent in the name of Jesus Christ. This foolishness, this wickedness. The Bible says in the last days there will be doctrines of devils. There will be seducing spirits. There will be false Christ, false prophecies. There'll be false video games. My sister sent me a text. They have a, a, a Jesus video game where you could be Jesus. And you could start healing people. You see crippled people and you put the power. You get power up pellets. And, and you power up and you heal people. And for the demons, you need special power. You got to level up. It's crazy. I can't make this. I wish I could make this up. It's not. It's real. And there's, there's exploitation. This is why the passion of the Christ, when Hollywood denied uh, 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 to, to support this, and Mel Gibson funded the movie, and now made billions of dollars. All, now Hollywood wants to be all up in Jesus. There's money to be made here. Don't be deceived. Amen. Simon the sorcerer, he says, can I pay for that gift that you have, I need it. That will just take my business to the next level. And what did the apostle say to him? Man, may you perish with your money, with all your nonsense, your wickedness. Man, you better repent and hope. This is the Ebonics version. Man, you better hope and pray that, that, that you could ask God to forgive you and that he'll forgive you. You better repent of this straight up foolishness. But here's the thing that's funny, because we, we missed this. If you read in Acts 8, it says that he did receive the Lord. And he actually spoke in tongues. And, and he was delivered. But there was still residue. This is a big deal. This is a very big deal. Because Simon the sorcerer was saved. But there was still demonic principalities that were lingering. They were occupying, occupying the Christian demonization we're going to go on that in a few weeks praise God we're going to go all in praise God Christians are the primary target of demons Jesus one of the biggest parts of his ministry was casting out devils that's why he said go and preach to all creation cast out devil first thing on the list why is it that we forget the deliverance ministry In the book of John, there are seven miracles recorded. They're also referred to as signs and wonders. The first sign was Jesus turning the water into wine. How Jesus revealed that uh, he was able to take a useless ritual and turn it into an everlasting covenant. I love what my wife said at Good Friday. From the wedding banquet to the cross. Praise God. The second sign was the healing of the official son where Jesus demonstrated how he is the word of God. The third sign is the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda where we discovered that Jesus is the one who is able to forgive sin. The fourth sign is the feeding of the 5,000 where Jesus reveals that he is the bread of life. The fifth sign, Jesus walking upon water, where Jesus revealed that the old system was ending and a new one was beginning. Glory to God. The sixth sign, the healing of the man born blind, which is what we're talking about today. And Jesus reveals how he is the light of the world. And the seventh miracle, which we spoke about two weeks ago, the raising of Lazarus. Jesus demonstrates that he is the resurrection and the life. How many were here Wednesday night? Praise God. Pastor Shadrach was hitting that. That Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And before he resurrected from the dead, there were great miracles of resurrection that took place before he resurrected himself. Glory to God. All these miracles point to Jesus. It drew our attention to him. To him alone. No one else could do what Jesus did and what Jesus does. Miracles serve the same purpose now. They're a primary testament to the truth that has already been spoken to us through and in the word of God. Now let me talk about the blind man. This morning's passage 
we hear about a man who was born blind, physical blindness. His entire life was darkness. And then we also read, if you go further on in that chapter, we read about other men, religious men, religious folks, who said they had sight, but they were spiritually blind. Isn't it funny that every time we see a what we hear as an incurable sickness or some kind of deformity or ailment or terminal illness, we right away we start to think about what caused this sickness or disease or illness, what, what caused it in the life of this person or in this family. And most of the time, we start thinking there must be some type of sin. There must be some type of generational thing going on. There must be some type of demonic activity. And we start to think and reason in our own head, what could have caused it? And then we start saying dumb things. Like, why do bad things happen to good people? When Jesus himself said in Mark 10, 18, why do you call me good? He's talking to the rich young ruler. He says, good teacher. He goes, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. Our best on the best day is never good enough for the holiness of God. Many people think that sin causes God to strike people down with some type of disease, death, or hell. That God is sitting in the heavenly glory, in the clouds of glory, with a big heavenly leather belt. That when we start acting up, whoosh, the belt comes out. And he's ready to swat us and beat us down with the heavenly belt. Listen, if that was the case, this pastor would be doomed. I tell you the truth before God. Doomed. This is why it is so important to not get involved in religion and legalism. Religion and legalism is a dead-end street. Religion kills. It's all about relationship. We watched a movie. Some of you have saw it on April 10th. Others on March 13th. But we saw the movie called Come Out in the Name of Jesus Christ. You know what was astonishing to me? Astounding? One of the strongest and most difficult demons to cast out of people, especially Christians. You would never guess. It's the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion, because it keeps us pious. It keeps us high and mighty. We think of ourselves more highly than we ought to, and we start acting and putting rules. Oh, by the way, the Bible says this, don't do that. The Bible says, oh, pull, pull your skirt down a little bit. The Bible says you need to, you can't come in like that, sister. You know, you need to be more, more addressed appropriately. You know, we start putting stuff on people. I'm a big believer that the Holy Spirit can correct people so much better than we can. Amen. You know, I grew up in a Pentecostal, Spanish Pentecostal religious church where the women had to have like uh, uh, no lipstick, no earrings. no. It was just astoundingly rigid. They had to look like cavemen. <laughs> don't shave your legs. Don't put on lipstick. Don't wear earrings. Don't even cut your hair. Like, it's just crazy. Wear sleeves down to your wrists. Wear a dress down to your ankles. And you know what the reality is? I started looking in the scripture. Where did it say this? I mean, why stop there? Why not put on a barca like the Muslims do? So then you really can pr protect yourself, men. I started searching the scriptures. I didn't find no rules in there. I found one that, that set me free. It said, live as free men, but don't allow your freedom to cause you to sin. Yes, there's scripture about let your chaste conduct, your modesty, let your husband be won over. Let those around you be won over by your chaste conduct, your chaste behavior, your modest dress. Yes. But when you're coming in off the street, I don't care if you got a plate in your lip, a bone in your nose, if you got an earring the size of a chandelier, if you got tattoos all up, if you got horns on your head and, and studs on your nose and, and your eyes look like snakes, I don't care what you look like. Come in to the presence of God. And if you're a believer that gets offended when somebody like that walks in, P 
peace out. There's the door. Because in this house, we're going to embrace whoever comes in. Make no mistake, we're not endorsing the sin. Amen? But we're being the light of Christ to a dark generation that needs the brightness of Christ. Jesus said that he is in the, the world, and while he's in the world, he is in the light. And he calls us to be light. Praise God. God isn't up there in heaven waiting to punish you every time you do something wrong. Bad boy, bad boy. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Yeah, I said it. Praise God. What you gonna do when they come for you? Alright, praise God. Bad girl, bad girl. What you gonna do? There's some girls that are better than the dudes on that show. Praise God. I'm like, wow. Yo, get thee behind me, Satan. Some real bad people. Hallelujah. But listen, God is not up in heaven waiting to punish you or to smite you or hit you with a bolt of lightning. It's the sin in our life that, that caused God's love for us to rise up so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for us as an exchange. The sin in our life was the very thing that God said, I've got to provide a way. They'll never be able to, to meet my standard. They'll never be able to accomplish this level of holiness that I desire. There's no way they can do it. Son, you've got to go. You've got to do this. It's funny how we read the verse of Scripture in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. We read it, but we continue to sin. When we're living a life of willful sin, we are earning our wages. It's like a job. You work six days or five days a week. At the end of the week, you get a check. The sin is the same way. When you live a life of sin, willful ignorance to God's mercy and his love, you are earning your wages, your consequences. But we read the word and it's just like la, 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 la. And then we say some other dumb things, especially when people go home to be with Jesus. We say things like, well, God took him. Because he needed him more than we did. Let me just put this clear. God don't need you. And God don't need me. I need him and you need him. Apart from him, we are all doomed. We don't go to heaven and get wings. Hallelujah. We get to go to heaven. That's the prize. We get to go to be with God. We get to see the glory of God. We get to see God face to face. That's the gift. That's the prize. We get to have an eternity in glory. He is the reward. You see, people, yes. like this blind man, we're no different. We're all born in sin. Sin is a curse. The original sin is darkness, blindness. This man was born blind. He lived in complete darkness. All sinners who remain in their sin Though they think they see, they are truly blind, spiritually blind, and living in darkness. They're just like the Pharisees who claim they can see, but could not see. 1 Corinthians. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. These are the very ones who scoff and mock at Jesus and his followers, not ever realizing that they themselves are part of the prophetic word of the living God. These are the ones that cry out and shout out, coexist, tolerance. We call them the alphabet people. The LGBTQ, LMNOP, QRST, YZ, plus exclamation point, dollar sign. Every week there's a new letter. But do you want to know why? It's an antichrist spirit. It's an antichrist demonic agenda. They hate Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. You know, I, I see it now more than ever before. You know, when you give a little inch to certain groups, 
they get stronger, they refortify. Do you know that the percentage of, of the homosexual, transgender, uh, uh, all the names that, that I can't even, you know, I never knew what non-binary was until just recently. I had to look it up. What is, I don't even understand this stuff, non-binary. That I don't want to identify as a man or a woman, I'm non-binary. So then if you're not a man or a woman, what are you? There was a woman that was trying to be a man and claimed to be non-binary, and she had colored hair, hair things. You know the hair things that the ladies put to... Well, some guys, men now have man buns. Praise God, but that's another story. Hallelujah. Praise God. But, but she had colored, colored things. And so she says, when I'm feeling love, I put red. When I feel hate, I put black. If I'm feeling down, I wear blue. And if I feel, so she had a color code on her hand. And she said, my personality can change at any moment. You might know me in the morning as a, as a she, and then I pull up a black, and now I'm, I'm an angry she or something. I, all the colors. How, do you, how, do you, how, do you, how are you supposed to live like this? We're, we're, and what happens is there's now a, a country or a state, we were just told, if you don't recognize someone's identity, Regardless of what it is, you could go to prison. Washington State. They're now going to start throwing us in prison because they want us to accept a mental disorder. The blind man, he never knew the light. He grew up without all the stuff that we see. Darkness was his portion. Those in darkness, they yearn for the light. Those that live in darkness, they, they yearn for the light. They yearn for the truth. He was born blind, but it was not because of sin. Not on his own life or the sin of his parents. But Jesus said his blindness was so that God could be glorified, so that God would be revealed in his life. This is the very reason that Jesus came to him. If you read that very carefully, you see that this blind man never shouted out to Jesus, Jesus, come and heal me. He wasn't blind Bartimaeus. He was just a guy sitting there, arms, arms. Can you imagine having the need and not knowing how to get things done because you can't no help. You're in the darkness. You can't do anything for yourself. He never asked Jesus. Jesus looked at him and approached him. Jesus had compassion on him. How many know that Jesus has compassion on every single person in the dark in this very room right now? Amen. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. For the night is coming when no one can work. What do you think that means when no one can work? As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus came to us as the light. The light in the world. He is the light. But notice he says, the night is coming when no one can work. Where there will be very, very few miracles. Where there will be many people in complete darkness. Where confusion is going to run rampant in the land. Where pure wickedness and pure evil is going to be the permanent thing that people will experience. Everywhere you go, everywhere you're turning, it's going to be straight up confusion. More and more parents. I was talking a couple weeks ago about uh, I Am Jazz, the show with I Am Jazz. Her parents, what they did is child abuse. It's criminal. They should be locked up for it. But in certain circles, in certain political spheres, they celebrate this lunacy. And this poor child from the age of four is destroyed forevermore. Only Jesus, the miracle-working God, can fix that situation. Jesus said, there will be time of darkness. Have you ever walked around your house? How many have small kids in the house? Not many. Praise God. For the small kids, you ever walk around at night, you have to go to the bathroom, and you step on a Lego block?
sometimes I've stepped on my wife's high heel shoes. <laughs> Just in case you haven't noticed, I'm a big guy. So all that weight goes right down on that shoe, right at the tip. And I start turning into James Brown. Dun -dun 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 start moving. Got ants in my pants and I need to dance. But when you step on something in pitch black and you can't see it and that dark little Lego block or whatever it is, it shoots a shoot of pain right up to your brain. But let me tell you something. My wife and I, we're starting to feel that in the world. You ever drive down the street and you're just driving, minding your own business. And then when, you, when you're driving down, you, you can feel the evil. I don't know if you could sense it, if you discern it. If you're plugged into the Spirit of God, if you have a regular prayer life, if you have a regular devotional time with God, then you understand what I'm talking about. Everybody else, you're going to be like this. Deers in the headlight. What is he saying? I'm telling you this, that when you start becoming spiritually aware, spiritually discerning, where you're now tuned into the atmosphere, you could drive down the neighborhood and you're chilling with your wife or your husband. You're just having a good old time. All of a sudden, whoosh. You could feel the oppression. You could feel the vices. You could feel, you could feel stuff. It's, you, ever, you ever have certain people that are just unapproachable? And no matter how you feel, you go to them. I fall. All right, I'm out. You don't even want to be around because they're so negative, creepy. It's spiritual. It's demonic. But when, you're, when you're, your spiritual walk with God is at a place where now you start discerning, you, now, now I'm starting to say, okay, we need to pray over this region. We need to pray. There's witches here. There's warlocks here. There's false prophets here. There's all kinds of false religions. There's crystals, new age movements. There's, a, a, you, you know, there's people now calling God Mother God. There's all kinds of craziness that's out there. And when you start to listen, look at this. I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. Look, discerning amulets. That's, de that's demonic. That is straight up demonic. You see, even the phone. They're listening, people. Everything. They're listening. We're in an age where it's pure demonic everywhere you go. It's invading every part of, of every area. We've got to level up. Praise God. How many have their spiritual senses activated? I remember the commercial, not the commercial, the cartoon, where it's a brother and sister, and they had the rings. And they say, uh, powers of the universe or whatever, or the mighty twin powers, activate. Yo, who's going to activate with this brother up here? We need to activate. We need to stand in the gap for one another. We need to share each other's burdens. We need to pray for one another. We need to get to the finish line by all means, by everything possible. Jesus now, his title, light of the world, he has called us now the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He has given us that title, that exchange. His mission now is our great commission where he says, go ye therefore. Listen, the creator of the world who made man in his own image from the dirt, from the clay in the ground, now he himself spits on the ground and puts the clay and makes a little spindle and he makes mud. Don't you think if God made man with every little blood vessel, every little capillary, every little thing, little microscopic thing, the tendons, the ligaments, the sinews, uh, all that stuff, right? The brain, the heart, the organs, the circulatory system, the skeletal system, all those things, digestive system, neurological system, everything that God has made, he made it from clay and he blew the wind of God, the breath of heaven, the Zoe breath of God, and Adam came to life. Hallelujah. Don't you know he knows how to take clay and make a blind man see? He said, I got this. Don't I got this. Hold on. That's the man. I'm telling you. He's awesome. Praise God. He made man with clay and he took the clay and made the blind man go into the pool and wash. Praise God. 
If God knew how to make a blind man see, he knew how to heal a man with an aneurysm. He's the way maker, the miracle worker, the wonder working God. God loves you so much that he will never allow you to stay the same way forever. There's going to come a time in your life. Do you know why? Because God answers the prayers of the righteous. God loves you too much. And even when you're stank, hallelujah, even when you don't want to be loved, even when you don't want to be appreciated, even when you say, stay away from me, God's going to chase you. He's going to love up on you. He's going to send people to bother you, to pester you until you finally break. God knows how to get your attention. He's a good God. He will never give up on you. He will never give up on you. God will not abandon the work of his hands. He shall complete it till its fulfillment. Praise God. You can run, but you can't hide. Hallelujah. David said, if I made my bed in the highest mountain, there you are. If I made it in the lowest valley, there you are. If I go to the depths of the ocean, there you are. Even if I make my bed in hell, there you are. Where can I go to escape from your presence? So get it together. Praise God. Jesus could have spoken the word and it would have been done. But Jesus, he wanted the blind man's faith to be utilized. That means he had personal involvement. This would be the last walk of darkness that man would ever make. It would be a walk out of darkness into the marvelous light of Christ. Glory to God. To wash in the pool is a symbol of purification. All his sin washed away. And behold, all is made new. Many times Jesus would involve his disciples in the miracle. Remember the story. The real life living version of, of feeding of 5,000 people. The little boy with the lunchbox. The disciples all stressed out because everybody's hungry. They've been waiting all day for people to gather and assemble. And he says, Master, we should leave. We don't have no food to feed these people. What are we going to do? They're starving. People are going to get hangry. Hangry. You ever get somebody when the pastor preaches too long? They say, hurry up. I'm hungry. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> you made it to the message, honey. Hallelujah. Praise God. But these people are going to get hangry. What are we going to do? And Jesus said, you feed them. You give them something. You've been around me long enough. When are you going to level up? You give them something to eat. You see, God wants us to level up. God wants to get us active. There are certain things we can do. Feeding 5,000 people with a kid's lunchbox. He said, what do you have? This is what, what is wonderful about this particular story. Jesus tells his disciples, tell the people, gather them, and have them sit in groups of 50 and in groups of 100 before the great miracle took place. This is awesome when you understand it. Because, you know, there's nothing in Scripture that's by coincidence. Everything has a meaning. Why did Jesus say in groups of 50 and in groups of 100, gather them and have them sit together as one group, two groups, three groups, everybody in an individual group? Do you know why? The average church in America today is composed of groups of 50 to 100 people. It's a foreshadowing of the church. Jesus is the bread from heaven. Jesus is the source of all things. Praise God. He says, I want them to come and sit together like a family, united, like a body, the blessed brethren, and we're going to feed them. And Jesus said, what do you have? He says, just a few fish and loaves of bread. How many know that Jesus could turn a little into a lot? 
And the Bible says that he says, he said a little prayer. And he says, now go and feed everyone. And every disciple had a basket. And it just never got empty. The bread just kept coming out. The fish kept coming out. And everybody had, and they all ate, and they were all satisfied. This is what the Word of God says. And at the end, Jesus tells them, gather all the scraps and put them in baskets. Each one of those disciples had to gather the scraps of bread and fish. And the Bible says, at the end of it all, there were 12 baskets full of scraps. I believe God allowed those 12 baskets to be collected by each disciple so that they would never forget that with God, nothing is impossible. They carried their miracle scrap bucket right to the trash. What do you have? What kind of faith is he working with within you? And what do you personally believe in? Listen to the blind man's testimony when the Pharisees said, Who did this to you? Especially on the Sabbath. Listen, verse 30 and 33. The man answered and said to him, Why? This is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of anyone opening the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And then the Pharisees, what does it say? They put him out of the temple. They put him out. No one takes away darkness but God. There is salvation in none other than Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus said in front of the Pharisees. Jesus heard that they had casted him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. And then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Oh, that people of God would come down off the high horse and would just simply worship God, would have joyful, wonderful gratitude for all the things that God has done, to understand that God has literally picked us up out of darkness and brought us into light. Remember this, that John 15, 16, he says, these are Jesus' words, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Never get it twisted. We didn't choose God. He chose us. God planned for your salvation before you were even born. Verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love its own, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Once you realize that you are one of his chosen, then you will understand that if you are chosen, then you are also a priest of God, a royal nation, a holy nation, and that God has equipped you and has provided for you all the means necessary to do what he has called you to do. I love this verse in 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you might proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful and marvelous light. You are all witnesses of God and he has called you. So start rejoicing. Stop complaining. Stop being negative Nellies. Praise God. Rejoice in the power of God, in the love of God, in the healing of God, the deliverance of God. He equips you with boldness and with Holy Spirit resurrection power. Listen to Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Mark 16, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, and they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, 
and they will recover. How many are praying Mark 16, 18 over your loved ones? How many are praying over the, the, those that had to take that, that demonic injection? Yeah, I said it. I don't care what they think. Praise God. That demonic uh, uh, MNRA vaccine. I'm talking about the shot, the COVID shot. We all took it. We were put into fear. So many people took the shot. And now there's all kinds of complications. It was premature. It was too, too early. Not enough testing was done. But for those that had to take it to save your job or because you felt that it was going to protect your health, praise God, you ain't going to hell because you took the shot. That is not the mark of the beast. That is not 666. Amen? It's just a shot. But you need to pray Mark 16, 18 over your life. That no matter what poison has been entered into your body, it will no means, it will by no means harm you. Praise God. Mark 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. Yes, you might need to be delivered from some shots. Praise God. Amen. Get ready for this one. This next verse is fire. Amen. Acts 2, 38-39. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God with will call praise God and that's the gift of God the baptism of the Holy Spirit how many are still waiting on the the baptism of the Holy Spirit hallelujah I guess we have a whole church of people full of the Holy Ghost hallelujah praise God I'm talking baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues with power from on high. Praise God. I can tell you this. You already have the whole entire part of the Holy Spirit in your body. The gifts are all there. It's just a matter of you having faith enough to open the box. That's the truth. You know, the Holy Spirit is not going to come upon you and, and take control of your body. And then all of a sudden, no, that's not going to happen. As the Spirit gives you utterance, you're working in tandem, in partnership with the Holy Spirit of God. You got to leap off the porch and, and take that leap of faith. And when you do that, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is going to overwhelm you. And yes, it might sound like gibberish at first. Yes, you might say, this sounds crazy. But you'll see as you begin to operate in that dimension, the Spirit of God now makes intercession for you. And the, the heavenly language, it's a, it's a language that only God can understand. And that means it's like the bat phone. It's like the red phone. The devil can't tap in. The devil can't intercept. The devil can't stop it. More of you need to be praying in the Spirit over your children. Praying in the Spirit in your house. Praying in the Spirit over illnesses and diseases. And praying in the Spirit in your day-to-day -day life. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm coming to a close. This is my first close. Hallelujah. So Donna, you're still good. Hallelujah. This is just to get everybody ready. Jesus used mud to cure the blind man. But for the sticks in the mud, this is what he said to them. For judgment, I have come into the world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind this is john 9 39 through 41 he's talking to the pharisees the sadducees the wooden seas and the couldn't seas amen verse 40 then some of the pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him are we blind also Somebody say spirit of pride, stinking pride. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> Roasted. 
Now, for those that think that's a, some demonic word, I looked it up. You know what shakalaka? I looked at the Ebonic Dictionary. You know where that word came from? From basketball. Whoosh. Boom. Shakalaka. That's, the, that's where it came from. Where, yeah, that's where it came from. It went through the neck. Shakalaka. So, boom. Boom. Shakalaka. Slam dunk. Hallelujah. So don't be throwing rocks up here. I do my homework. Praise God. Boom shakalaka. He slam dunked them. Your sin remains. Because your spiritual pride has you so blind that you can't see that you're walking in darkness. And because you say that you can see, you want to com com convince everybody around you that you got all this spiritual power. Well, I operate in this. This is my gift. This is my anointing. Because you say you got it, you're blind and you're walking in darkness and you don't even recognize it. Your sin remains. Hallelujah. Boom shakalaka. One more time for the back row. Hallelujah. Instead of seeing the power, love, and compassion of Jesus Christ curing this blind man, all they did was complain. Why did he do this on the Sabbath? No one's supposed to do stuff on the Sabbath. Blah, blah, blah. Don't you know that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath? He has power over the Sabbath. Religious folk, all they want to do is complain. Pastor, he was, I know he was talking about me this morning. I know. I, I ain't never coming back again. I don't even like what he said. I don't even like him. Hmm. Matter of fact, I'm going to delete him. Get online. You ain't the only one. Praise God. You know how many times I've been deleted? No pushing, no shoving. Take a number. We'll get to you shortly. Hallelujah. I'm on assignment. I'm going to say what God tells me to say. Religious folk. This is why it's so difficult to remove a religious spirit in deliverance. Because they think that they got it all together. And because God utilized them to do some kind of miraculous work or whatever, their head is so, is so puffed up that they think they've arrived. And now they want to come on the pulpit. Now when they see the altar call, they want to pray for people. They want to prophesy over people. They want to do all that. No, not in this house. Hallelujah. Amen. Grow up. First of all, stop complaining. Get it together. Give God the glory. Start maturing. Start being found faithful. Start studying the word. Right? Commit thou to faithful men that are able to teach others also. That means you got to be a student of the word. And your life has to be reminiscent of a, 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 a visible, credible evidence of what it means to be full of the spirit. Galatians 5 says, these are the works of the flesh. Boom, 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 boom. By the way, these are the fruits of the Spirit. That means you'll be able to identify. Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit. It's amazing how many people come. Oh, I just want you to know, I, I used to be with Joyce Myers Ministries. Yeah, well, that's good. Praise God. So I just want you to know, I'm the top intercessor. Great. Meet me here on Sunday. And by the way, wear some overalls. We're going to clean the toilets. What? Didn't you hear what I just said? I'm an intercessor. I'm not a janitor. Oh, praise God. But you're only qualified to lead to the degree you're willing to serve. If you ain't going to pick up a sponge and clean up a toilet, you surely ain't going to pick up a mic in this house. Glory to God. How about showing up on time? How about that? Praise God. How about showing up and, and being found faithful? Praise God. 2 Corinthians, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Sister Donna, I'm coming to a close. Faithful woman of God. God gets glory from our weaknesses, from your illnesses, from your trials, from your crisis. Let God come in and save the day. Let God come in and save the life. Let God come in and save the family. Let him make some changes. God gets glory when he is revealed in us. 
when people look at you and they come to the conclusion like the surgeon said this is a bona fide miracle only God can do this just like King Nebuchadnezzar when Daniel recanted his entire dream he says this is the true God this is the only God if you're sick this morning don't complain let God be revealed in you if you're unemployed this morning don't complain let God be revealed in you if you are backslidden don't complain let God be revealed in you. If you are currently in crisis, don't complain. Let God be revealed in you. Are you lonely? Are you anxious? Don't complain. Let God be revealed in you. Are you depressed? Are you discouraged? Are you blind? Don't complain. Let God be revealed in you. Do you have to move? Are there bulldozers and tractors in your backyard? Don't complain. Let God be revealed in you. Dr. Tony Evans, many of you know his ministry. I've heard him for years. But there was a powerful testimony. It changed my thinking in so many ways. But in a kingdom man class, he shared a testimony that God told him to build an education center. And he saw a big piece of land, 150 acres. He needed it in order to build this education center that God placed in his heart to build. The land was nothing but trees and grass. It also had strip malls, two strip malls on either side. They needed $200,000 to put down on this property. And then they would have to get more resources to build the land. He had no money. During a devotional reading, he read Joshua 1, and he read in verses 2 through 3, My servant Moses is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving you, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I have said to Moses. After reading that, something leapt, leaped inside his spirit. He put on his shoes and he went to that property and he began walking mile after mile after mile, round in circles. He walked everywhere, up and down, sideways, everywhere he could. And then a week later, he goes to a meeting with a close friend, a guy that his, that his friend knew happened to be listening to the conversation. In other words, eavesdropping. And he started getting annoyed, but he didn't say anything. Next thing, this guy sits down and joins a conversation and he started asking Pastor uh, Evans numerous questions and inside his spirit, he started getting annoyed. Like, who is this guy? Why is he asking me all these questions? Why? Why? And he started getting a little uptight. After a while, the guy says, you know what? I can help you. He took out his checkbook and wrote a check of $200,000. Not only do they now own the land, and they built an education center, but they also own both malls as well. In Africa, there are so many churches there that have great faith. They believe God for everything. They see many signs and wonders, many miracles. Why? Because they have almost nothing to begin with. They live dependent on God for everything. They believe God for food. They believe God for water. They believe God for life. They believe God for everything. We are so spoiled here. We're satisfied with what we have. They're satisfied with the little that they have. But everything they receive from God is a gift. And they're grateful to God. And they begin to worship God and celebrate even for a sandwich. Some of us will get a bologna sandwich. You say, well, why? what do you think? I'm a peasant? What do you think? I'm a pauper? I don't eat bologna. That's beneath me. You see what I'm saying? God gets glory. He shows up in those that praise him. The miracle, wonder-working God. And he is revealed in them when they don't complain. When you complain and bicker and all that, you remove God from your life. You are totally removing the fingerprint of God off of your life. Listen to this. 
This is when he had raised Lazarus from the dead. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Verses 9 through 11. And there were not 12 hours in a day. And if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said. After that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I know Miracle Matt believes that. I know that he'll never be the same again. And I know that like the blind man now sees, we ask the same question of us all. Do we believe? He asked you today, do you believe? Jesus said to the woman in verse 40, he says, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. And then he says, loose him and let him go. Jesus wants to resurrect your life today. He wants to give you new life. He wants to loose you from your darkness. Do you believe? Let Jesus Christ be revealed in you for the glory of God. God bless you this morning, saints of the Most High God. Amen. Praise God. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.